0: Hello, and welcome to River City 360 views and news from around Winnipeg. My name is Nolan Bignall. With me, as always, is my co host, Robert Zerk.
1: Today, we're continuing to highlight the categories from Winnipeg's Vital Signs, and today's episode is about identity and belonging.
0: Our feature story is about youth and the sense of belonging that they receive when getting involved with charities and nonprofits. Up first, we have Bridget DePap, Youth Engagement Coordinator from the Winnipeg Foundation, who's going to be here to talk about Young Winnipeg Connect, which is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation. We'll even get a chance to hear about the program from the perspective of one of the youths involved as
1: well. We'll also speak to Sharon Varga, director of Louis Riel Vocational College, to learn about the programs offered through the Louis Riel Institute and some of the events that are planned in conjunction with Louis Riel Day on February 19th.
0: We'll also hear from Yuri Claus, the artistic director of the Winnipeg Singers. It's a choral ensemble that's been singing for over 45 years. This is their 45th anniversary. He's going to tell us about the upcoming season and what you can expect at one of their critically acclaimed performances.
1: We've got all this, some great tunes, and And much, much more on today's episode of River City 360.
0: Hello and welcome to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you as we are almost every Thursday. Yesterday was Valentine's Day. It was. Did you feel the love in the air?
1: Sure did. We've got some, uh, we've got some, a couple of uh, Valentine's Day sort of tunes in the mix today. So
0: did you do anything special?
1: Uh I can't say that I did. Yeah. How about yourself?
0: I had a volleyball game. Uh ate a heart-shaped pizza at, at Boston Pizza with my team. Okay. So I mean, yeah, there's I felt the love. I yeah. felt the love in a way. Shout out to all the lovers out there who are still in the Valentine's mood. Hope you're enjoying your day and hope you're enjoying your week. We've got uh, some great great programming. Today, we're going to be learning about Young Winnipeg Connect, a program of the Winnipeg Foundation. We're going to be learning about the Riel Institute or the uh, Louis Riel Vocational College, pardon me. And we're also going to be learning about the Winnipeg Singers, which is a very cool ensemble that I guess has been singing for nearly five decades. Very, very cool Winnipeg staple. But uh, before we get to all that great conversation, Robert, let's play some music on 93.7 CJNU.
1: Let's do it. 101 Strings will start off the show with Come Fly With Me right here on River City 360.
0: Thank you for listening to River City 360. That was 101 Strings with Come Fly With Me. Up next, we've got Sonny Primolo on his way into the studio. They're gonna be having he's gonna be having a conversation with Bridget DePap. She's the Youth Engagement Coordinator at the Winnipeg Foundation. I believe they're gonna be talking about Young Winnipeg Connect, uh, a little bit about youth and philanthropy, and about the summer and the Winnipeg Foundation's summer internship program. Take it away, Sonny. <music>
2: With me today is Brigitte DePape, Youth Engagement Coordinator for the Winnipeg Foundation, to talk about a great initiative called Young Winnipeg Connect. Welcome to RC360, Brigitte. Thanks so much for having me. The Young Winnipeg Connect program has been around since 1999. In that time, how many youths have been involved with the program?
3: Yeah, it's a really remarkable program in terms of its ability to reach many young people. So in one year, we usually have about 600 Youth who are reached through the Youth in Philanthropy program alone. Wow. So if you multiply that by twenty, whoever's really good at math out there, not me. it's a <laughs> lot. Yeah, <not> me. <laughs> it's a lot of young people.
2: Young Winnipeg Connect currently has two main programs: uh, Youth in Philanthropy and the Summer Internship Program, otherwise known as YIP and SIP. What exactly is YIP and SIP?
3: YIP and SIP. Well, they rhyme for one, and <laughs> also YIP stands for Youth in Philanthropy. And that is a program that connects young people in high school or in community organizations to grant making. So it's a really great way for young people to connect with community organizations and gives them resources to make a significant impact for those organizations as well. And SIP is Summer Internship Program. And that is an amazing opportunity for young people to gain employment skills In the charitable sector so we know that it can be really challenging for young people in terms of unemployment and precarious work and this is a really great way for young people to gain some great employment skills and to really introduce them to meaningful work in the nonprofit world cool
2: and how old do you have to be to participate in the programs
3: yep is for high school students so grades 9 to 12 I think you'd be about 13 to 18, maybe 12 for some. And the summer internship program, that's geared towards slightly older young people. So generally, a lot of them are in grade 12, and they're 16 to 18 years old.
2: The YIP program lets high school students see firsthand uh, the work of some charitable organizations and learn how to create grant proposals. Uh, What kind of organizations are involved, and do the youth get to choose where they get to go?
3: yeah that's a great question I think that's one of the wonderful things about this program is that young people actually get to choose what issues they're interested in so it could be anything from human rights uh, to environment to community service and it really allows them to research organizations that they're interested in and it could be for example for students living in the North End uh, some of those students chose to focus on organizations that would benefit their community uh, which is wonderful to see some students will choose to focus on a particular theme uh, like poverty and reducing inequality
2: for youth who want to get involved with the YIP program how does it work it has something to do with committees right
3: yeah so each group will have a committee and it's a really great way for youth as well to learn leadership skills because we have Two leaders of each of those committees and then they are really responsible for coordinating the committee, reaching out to organizations to coordinate site visits and that's often one of the best parts of the program is actually going out into the community and meeting people face-to-face, learning about the needs on the ground and really gaining skills in community development and also in being thoughtful about how to engage and where that money should go.
2: Why do you think it's important for more youths to get involved?
3: That's a really great question. I feel like a lot of young people desire giving back to their community. And there's this hunger to really make a difference and make an impact. But oftentimes, it's not clear how we can get involved. And I think that this is a really wonderful program because it meets young people where they are in high schools and it gives them a chance to connect with other young people who are like-minded and to make a difference in their community. So I think it's a it's a really great program in that way.
2: That's amazing, Brigitte. Not only are we helping teach younger generations about philanthropy, it helps to improve our community. We're going to take a short musical break, but when we return, we'll hear from Jennifer, who was a student in her fourth year of the YIP program, about her experiences. Stay tuned. <coughs> For City360. I'm Sunny Promolo here with Brigitte DePap. But before we get back into our interview, we're going to hear from Jennifer Lansing, a fourth year Yipper from St. James Collegiate. She told us about her experience with Yip and how it's really helped change her life. <music>
4: This is my fourth year, started in grade nine, and I'm graduating this year. I had an older sibling there when they were in high school, and um, they just told me a lot of the experiences they had, just like how rewarding it was for them. The beginning of high school, I know that's really encouraged to join clubs, and like it helps in finding who you are as a person. So YIP was just one of those clubs that um, stuck with me, and um, it's just one of those clubs that I came back year after year. I wasn't sure what to expect, but I knew that something that did get me to stay throughout the year was a Halloween for Harvest that our committee put on. We went door-to-door collecting canned goods for Winnipeg Harvest. It was just a really fun experience overall. I think that it's important to do good with the people who you like to do things with. Even though you don't know those people directly, like within your grade or anything, it just, it just helps you meet a lot of new people and um, do things that you wouldn't think of doing on your own because they really encourage you. So like on site visits, it's really cool to visit them and they give you kind of like a little tour. Like I really wouldn't expect to meet so many organizations and learn a little bit more what they do. Something that um, we did visit was um, a few art places within the city that help youth. I really enjoyed those kind of site visits. There's different exposure depending on where you are in Winnipeg. A lot of work gets put into research into what organizations we want and um, that picking the ones that you really do feel passionate about that you want your YIP committee to focus on and like actually learn about, it's much more rewarding in the end if you actually are interested in that organization. I think it's really important for youth to um, be involved in the community because you just learn so much. Instead of being isolated within your school, it's nice to go out and just um, see different views and um, different organizations that help other people within the city. My favorite thing about YIP is that we're all youth. Um, we all have the same goal in mind. And um, it's really nice to have everyone work together towards a common goal where you can really benefit a lot of people at the same time.
2: You just heard from Jennifer, a fourth-year Yipper from St. James Collegiate. In case you missed it, I'm here with de DePape, Youth Engagement Coordinator of the Winnipeg Foundation. So Brigitte, uh, tell me a little more about the summer internship program.
3: The Summer Internship Program is a wonderful opportunity for young people to gain skills in the nonprofit sector and to experience working in a charitable organization. It's a really wonderful opportunity for young people in terms of gaining skills for employment, for connecting with community and making an impact, and also for meeting like-minded people.
2: How are the mentors and organizations chosen?
3: We have an application process for organizations, so you can apply starting in April to be a mentor for a young person. And it's a really wonderful opportunity for organizations as well to meet with an inspiring young person who wants to gain some experience in the field.
2: How many hours do the interns put in each week?
3: it's a full-time job Mm. for two months so it is a significant commitment and a significant contribution to the organization so we are focused on charitable organizations who want to take on a a yip student
2: with those organizations uh, which organizations can sippers expect to be placed in
3: yeah so there is a huge range of organizations from community service, to the environment, to the arts. So we've seen placements in places like Rainbow Stage, Manitoba Association for Rights and Liberties, and everything in between.
2: I know some internships, you know, you usually do it for free, but do students get paid for their internship time here?
3: Mm -hmm. So I think that's a really great part of the program, given that it's a very challenging job market out there for youth. So I think this is a really great way for organizations to gain a young person as part of their team who is really motivated, really engaged with their community, and really wants to make a difference.
2: To our listeners who want to get involved with the Young Winnipeg Connect program, the Winnipeg Foundation has set up a fund for youth and philanthropy. What does that fund help to support, Brachette?
3: Yeah, the Youth in Philanthropy Fund is really critical to support all of our youth programming and youth and philanthropy programs. So it allows young people to take part in this wonderful opportunity to not only learn about the needs in the community, but actually give them resources and empower them to make an impact.
2: For more information on the Young Winnipeg Connect program, where can people go?
3: Definitely check out our website at the Winnipeg Foundation, in particular, Young Winnipeg. And there you'll find a wealth of information in terms of our Youth and Philanthropy program, our SIP program, and other ways that you can get involved. You can also contact me directly at bdepap at wpgfdn.org.
2: Thanks again for coming to speak with us today, Brigitte. Keep up the great work.
3: Thanks so much for the opportunity.
1: Thanks, Sunny. And to learn more about YIP or SIP or Young Winnipeg Connect, you can visit WPGFDN.org. Coming up after the break, I'll speak with Sharon Varga, the director of the Louis Riel Vocational College via telephone and we'll learn more about the programs that are offered through the Louis Riel Institute, some of the educational and cultural programming that they offer, and let you know what's happening here in Winnipeg in conjunction with Louis Riel Day. There's a couple of events, one that's happening tomorrow and another one that's happening on Louis Riel Day, February 19th, so be sure to stay tuned for that. Before we get to that though, here is Deanna Durbin with It's Raining Sunbeams right here on River City 360.
5: Raining sunbeams The world is young, it's spring again, and I can laugh and sing again for I know it's raining.
1: Welcome back to River City 360, Robert Zirk here with you today. So I'm now joined by Sharon Varga, she is the director of the Louis Riel Vocational College at the Louis Riel Institute. Sharon, thank you so much for joining me today.
6: Thank you for the invitation.
1: So knowledge, culture and heritage is the tagline for the Louis Riel Institute. Can you tell us a little bit more about the Institute and its mandate?
6: Oh, for sure. Uh, The Louis Riel Institute is an affiliate of the Manitoba Métis Federation. And here we promote and we build capacity, uh, and we support the heritage and history of the Manitoba or the Métis in Manitoba, and we do that through uh, you know efficient and effective cultural sensitive programs and activities. We are the education and cultural arm of the Manitoba Métis Federation.
1: Now, within the Louis Riel Institute, um, there's the Adult Learning Center as well as the Louis Riel Vocational College. Can you speak to some of the programs that are uh, that are offered through the Learning Center and the Vocational College?
6: The Adult Learning Centre, it's a non-traditional high school uh, for adults. Some of the programs offered is the Mature Grade 12 Diploma, so they would do uh, credits for literacy, they do for biology, it's just regular high school credits, but it's tailored to adults and a mature student. The Louisville Vocational College, this is a a very new venture uh, for the LRI. Uh, We've only been operational for a few years. Uh, We started off with just a health care aid program and now we have like the health care aid program. We also do uh, emergency medical responder, uh, the first Indigenous-focused early childhood educator, employment counsellor, and plus we have about 100 uh, one and two day training sessions. Everything that we do at the college is all Indigenous-focused.
1: How many people typically go through the programs each year?
6: The college is focused in community-based training. So that doesn't mean that we necessarily do all our training here in Winnipeg. We will travel to community because it is better for the community to stay in community where you have all your family supports and everything while you're going through education. Uh, So I think in a year we probably... In the diploma program section, we probably put through last year about 60, or 65 students.
1: What's the time frame for the diploma programs, and how can people apply for those programs?
6: The time frame for the diploma programs will depend on the program. Um, Most of our programs you can complete in under a year. We do have one program, which is Indigenous Focus Early Childhood Educator. That program is 18 months. The... uh, way to get in contact uh, or to register for the program is best just to just contact the uh, LRI directly and uh, they will, um, the receptionist there will uh, move the calls to where they need to go in which department.
1: And uh, another component of what the Louis Riel Institute does is promoting the Michif language, and the LRI offers resources for children and families to learn the Michif language as well. Um, can you speak to some of those resources and how can people access them through the institute?
6: We do have lots of resources uh, with Michif language. Um, the, again, the best way is to contact the LRI. Uh, because uh, depending on what type of resource you need, uh, we would be able to send that out or have you come down and, and give you the resources that you need. We have many, many books on the Métis culture and history, and they're all written for various age groups, and that's a great resource when people are, are uh, wanting to learn about the language. There is an online course, but again, if they call the, uh, the main board of the LRI, they would be able to direct you to that online
1: course. So there's a lot of things going on through the Institute, and um, another component of it is community programming. So everything from there's cultural presentations to the Little Métis Sing With Me program and family events. Uh, can you tell us about some of those programs, and when are they offered typically?
6: Well, I'll just start with uh, maybe Little Métis Family Fun Events. This encourages families uh, to learn uh, and to play together and... Uh, and it's built around the Métis culture and the history, um, and uh, the, some of the activities is uh, a Métis Jeopardy. We do Red River construction, like the Red River cart construction, uh, Manitoba uh, map mazing, jigging, uh, playing on the spoons. We would actually go to community um, or a school if they wanted an event in their school, and we would bring all this activity and, and uh, cultural knowledge into the event. Uh, that is just booked as as need be, so people would call us and say, you know, we have an event coming up, we'd like to have the Métis Family Fun event, and then they would book, us, book it through us. Um, the, uh, we also have, like, again, the Little Métis Sing With Me, and this is an, an excellent uh, parent and child early early years program uh and again it incorporates the metis culture and essential skills but we do uh the teachings through uh the use of music and rhymes and songbooks and activities what we do for that uh we can bring is called train the trainer so we will bring people into um, the louis Real institute and we will train them on the kits and there's a binder and there's cds and there's books that go with the kit and then they can go back uh and train on their own using our resources. Now, there's lots of additional resources uh, that can be either purchased or given. um, If somebody contacts the Real Institute and says, listen, I just need a little bit more on whatever subject it is, then we can definitely put that together as well. We do have another program like we have like lots of different programs right but we do have another program it's called standing tall standing tall is uh, based in two schools in winnipeg and what standing tall does is uh, we have uh, four staff members in each school and uh, they work with the students one-on-one uh, we do things like uh, for instance like a walking school bus so they will go into the community and they will walk uh, the community and pick up kids and bring them into school and they work with the kids one-on-one just to uh, to help uh, give them some more assistance in their education.
1: And with uh, Louis Riel Day coming up on February 19th uh, commemorating the leader of the Métis people and the founder of Manitoba is the Institute, are there any events that uh, the Institute has planned or is involved in?
6: You bet! (laughs) Uh, We have uh, our February 19th uh, at the Saint Boniface Museum uh, the Real Institute will be there, for, it runs from, the event runs from 10 to 4. Um, there will be lots of exhibits there. There will be a historian on site that you can just uh, chat with and uh, get more information about the, um, the background and the culture of the Métis people. There will be a flower beadwork circle and crafts. Um, and as well, there's going to be displays and free bannock and hot chocolate, it's usually a lot of fun. And then on, on February 16th, uh, the University of Manitoba at the Bald Eagle Lodge uh, is hosting a, a Métis event. Uh, it starts at 11 a.m. Uh, they're going to be fiddling and jigging and uh, it's a, a really good chance to engage with the, uh, the Métis company. Uh, our Minister Anita Campbell, Minister of Finance and Human Resources, will be one of the keynote
1: speakers there. Excellent. And that's taking place at the University of Manitoba? Correct. All right, so something to check out uh, tomorrow at 11 a.m. or uh, on Louis Riel Day at the St. Boniface Museum. Lots of ways to experience and learn about Métis culture. And the uh, website where people can learn more about the Institute or find out about any of the programs is at louisrielinstitute.com. Yes,
6: if they wanted to uh, call to talk to somebody, the phone number for all departments is uh, 984 9480 And uh, they can just tell uh, our receptionist uh, what kind of information they want. She will pass it through to the right person.
1: Perfect. Well, Sharon, thank you so much for joining me again today and um, for sharing the information and the upcoming events through the Louis Riel Institute.
6: Well, thank you again for the opportunity.
1: Thanks, Robert.
0: Coming up next on his way into the studio is Yuri Klaas. He's the artistic director of the Winnipeg Singers. The Winnipeg Singers have been around for nearly 50 years. It's their 45th uh, anniversary this year. Big celebration for that. Uh, they're known internationally for their incredible choral ensemble. And plus, they've got a show coming up on March 4th that we're going to tell you all about. But before Yuri gets into the studio, we've got the Everly Brothers with Devoted to You right here on River City 360.
7: Darling, you.
8: The sun dries up the sea. Un-
0: listening to river city 360 nolan and robert here with you today and we're now joined in studio by yuri Klas. he's the artistic director of the winnipeg singers yuri thank you for joining us today uh thank you for having me so the winnipeg singers one of the best choral ensembles in let's say north america i'll give <laughs> you that i'll give you that compliment uh, oh, that sounds great to tell, me. tell us a little bit about the winnipeg singers how did uh, when did they the group start and what makes you guys unique
9: well, the Winnipeg Singers uh, officially established itself in uh, year uh, 1973. So we are actually in the anniversary season. We're now celebrating our 45th anniversary. Congratulations! Thank you. Yeah, but the the history actually goes way back before that time. But as I said, they officially uh, established themselves in 1973. Um, uh, the the Winnipeg Singers is a professional choir of 24 trained voices and uh, we we do the regular season which uh, contains four different concerts and uh, well we were trying to uh, make it very diverse and uh, uh, variable for, uh, for, the um, for for the programs for for the for the audiences and like for the, for example for this year uh, we've had our opening concert with the manitoba chamber orchestra which also celebrates the uh, the 45th uh, anniversary of their existence, so it was a perfect match for both groups to go together, and it was a fantastic concert of uh, fabulous music of Arvo Part and uh, the Mass uh, Sunrise Mass by Ola Yelo was absolutely wonderful concert. Our Christmas concert was the in the medieval tradition you oh, see cool. it's quite a quite a, uh, a range <laughs> the range of yeah. distance in time from 21st century to medieval time so mm-hmm. uh well as i said we're trying to be uh innovative we're, we're trying to create uh, new interesting
0: programs and
7: yeah that's what
0: we do so you've been the artistic director for 15 seasons i understand yes how how, ha- how has the group evolved over your
9: tenure well <laughs> <laughs> i would start with saying that i've been really blessed with working for many choirs in Winnipeg, including the Winnipeg Singers and the Winnipeg Philharmonic Choir. Uh, but the Winnipeg Singers um, uh, under my direction for 15 years now. You're right; it's also quite a quite a chunk of time. Uh, Has it just blown by,
0: or have you really well,
9: soaked it, we, it up? Well, as we all know, time seems to fly mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty quickly. Uh, I I think it was a fantastic uh, time for me, and uh, we've done a very interesting uh, work over those years. And uh, not to mention that uh, the Winnipeg Singers, under my direction, uh, was invited to the World Choral Symposium in 2005, uh, which is to me is most high-ranking uh, choral event uh, in the world. It's uh, uh, it held uh, it's held every three years and uh, it uh, travels from country to country, like it was in Canada, Australia, United States, uh, Denmark, Finland, Sweden. So it's it's wow. very very interesting event when the, um, the choral conductors from all over the world come and, and you know join the stage there. And imagine how proud we were to be invited as a guest choir from the whole North America to yeah. represent Canada. Uh, in 2005 in Quijota. Winnipeg, that's yes, awesome. Yes, in Winnipeg and Canada. And 2016 we've been uh, fortunate to take uh, part in the uh, Florence International Choral Festival where the choir was declared as the best choir of the festival. That sounds pretty good to me. No
0: kidding, <laughs> well done, yeah. So when people come to the shows, as the artistic director, what do you hope, what what, what feelings, what emotions do you hope to uh, invoke out of the audience?
9: Well, first of all, I'd say I'd be happy if they go home after the concert thinking how great was the music, mm-hmm. and of course, if they engage in in the performance, uh, we we want them to be uh, to be a part of that. We want to, them to experience what what we experience as singers, as we try to bring the ideas of the composers to you know to the audience and let them let them enjoy it and be happy after the concert that's the joyful <laughs>
0: I'd hey, yeah <laughs> well so what are some of the responses of of people when they talk to you after they see the show or see the well usually it's
9: very positive mm-hmm. it's really like uh, I'm I'm getting a lot of uh, comments after the concert so whether it's uh, like conversations with some friends or audience members after, or, um, you know, emails. Uh, very positive. And I maybe mean, it really sounds great when you get all this.
0: <laughs> For sure. So what w- over your 15 years, what are some of the memories? You talked about 2005 and 2016. What are some memories that you're going to take with you forever when it comes to the Winnipeg Singers?
9: Oh, that's a good question. You know, it's really hard to answer to that because sometimes people ask, what's your favorite piece of music? Mm. I can't answer that because right. right. the at the moment, what I'm working on is my favorite. I chose the program, with Program committee, of course, so this is my favorite, and uh, I, I can't really say, well, that kind of concept. Though I probably could tell you that last, uh, two years ago, in, in 2016, um, the Winnipeg Singers, um, had a concert uh, from our uh, Icons and Incense choral series, which I would probably talk a little later about. Um, We presented uh, Rachmaninoff's Vespers. The unique, uh, um, something unique about this concert was that it's been done by a hundred-plus voice choir. Oh, you'd be surprised because you heard 24 singers in the choir. And yes, we've been presenting the vespers with as a joint production with the Winnipeg Philharmonic Choir, as I'm artistic director there as well, and um, Arrowhead Choral Choir from Duluth, Minnesota. And that was probably the concert of so far in my life so
0: how many voices (laughs) did Duluth supply because you have the they brought
9: about 35 okay the Philharmonic brought about 60 we were also augmented to higher numbers and it was just absolutely I can imagine the
0: power and just you feel it you know yes
9: I I go and listen to those recordings
0: uh from time to time and it it gave me shivers yeah great So let's talk about your motivation for the current show for the current season what where do you where do you draw your inspiration from
9: well as i mentioned that uh, choral series icons and incense um, i'd say i'm really blessed with this opportunity because you know i'm I'm russian i came from russia in 2000 and for me to present uh the church uh the uh, better to say the um the choral the sacred choral music of the russian orthodox church tradition is very important in many ways uh but this this is really a special and unique opportunity i think for both for me for the choir and actually for the audience too because as a uh, you know native russian i probably have a little bit more insights in in <laughs> in this type of music and as i mentioned that vespers it was absolutely un- un- unreal uh, yeah. sound of the choir it was a very memorable concert and I think I, you can hear probably they can talk normally about it because I have a little bit in my <coughs> throat, uh, throat yeah. now <laughs> sorry uh, yes I'm I'm still I still remember that concert yeah. but uh, going forward as I said this is our um, uh, this is actually our biannual ca- uh, choral series we do it every two years and over the uh, course of my, uh, um, my time with the choir, this is probably the sixth one, and we've wow. done um, major work of uh, um, Russian composers such as Rachmaninoff, of course. We've done Rachmaninoff's Famous Liturgy, Rachmaninoff's Vespers, actually a couple times, uh, Tchaikovsky's Liturgy. We've, uh, we've done a concert of a so-called choral concerto, Mm. which was, uh, uh, the style was um, developed in Russia in 17th century, then progressed in 18th century, and uh, with the name of Bortnansky, it just flourished to this incredible high uh, level. uh, And uh, the choral concerto, of course, it's a very unique uh, um, genre of choral music. So this coming concert on March 4th is a part of... uh, uh, icons and incense, uh, as I mentioned before, and we're presenting, I think, an absolutely unique work. Uh, the Russian composer, Alexander it was, uh, uh, the um, he was um, the composer of ni- uh, the 19th, 20th century, wow. a friend of Rachmaninoff, a student of Tchaikovsky. So uh, I'll give you a little bit of a history, if if, if you would. Please. Uh, So when the First World War one uh, uh, started, uh, lots of composers actually replied to that, (coughs) uh, writing major works to (coughs) show their solidarity with you know, um, uh, um, with the situation, like how they were against the war and protest songs. Protest, yes. Uh, Rachmaninoff wrote his famous Vespers as a sign of protest stop it, right? Mm-hmm. So, <coughs> Kostalski uh, started working on a piece called um, A Requiem for the fallen Brothers, and it commemorates the uh, victims of the World War I, and we found it as a, like, I'd say, perfect opportunity, because this year is the 100th anniversary oh. of the end of the World War One. So this piece was written in. Uh, it was. It actually took uh, Kastalski about four years to compose it, and he was so involved in it. You can see, it all, um, like from, he composed three different versions of it. One is the a cappella, uh, non uh, non accompanied choir. Second one was written as a huge production with a full symphony orchestra, right. like an oratorio. And then and then he started working on the. Uh, uh, on the version which we are doing, uh, it was not finished. Um, uh, it was actually um, um, finished by some Russian musicologist uh, working now in Russia uh, from Kostalsky's sketches of the piece. Oh, wow. But what he tried to achieve here, because he, 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 was, he kept saying, well, it's a world event, it's a world, uh, so many countries involved. So he combined... Uh, Russian Orthodox commemorative service with uh, Latin requiem mass, okay. and the audience would hear things like "Kiri Eleison which is "Lord have mercy," or "Gospodi Pomiloi, which is the same "Lord have mercy." It's in so it's a different languages. He uses a different. He uses a uh, uh, different uh, chant. Like in his score, he himself wrote Russian chant. Uh, Latin um, ca- uh, Catholic chant, uh, Serbian chant, uh, English melody. So he was trying to bring um, um, bring s- different cultures together since the different countries were wow. involved, right? Yeah, very interesting. It like is. It very is almost
0: a global sort of a exactly come together. Exactly,
9: N- not, not to mention that this piece right now we're performing is with organ and bells and choir, which is for the Russian Orthodox tradition is completely like unusual and actually it's impossible because there's no instruments in the Russian Orthodox Church.
0: Okay, very cool how you're incorporating sort of the worldly feel to it. So tell us about where to find tickets Sunday, March 4th. It's happening at the Crescent Fort Rouge United Church.
9: Crescent Fort Rouge United Church, Sunday, March 4th. You can uh, you can purchase tickets at McNally Robinson. You can purchase them at the door. You can uh, purchase them online, winnipegsingers.com. Uh, yeah.
0: Beautiful. For anyone that's out there that wants to hear some world-class, high-caliber one of the best choral ensembles in Canada and in, and in North America and in the world, for gosh sakes. The Winnipeg Singers, March 4th, Crescent Fort Rouge United Church at 3 p.m. Visit winnipegsingers.com. Yuri Clas, the Artistic Director of the Winnipeg Singers. Thank you so much for talking to us today. We really appreciate your time.
1: Thank you for having me. Thanks, Nolan. And we've got time for some more great nostalgic music before we say goodbye today. This week is actually Random Acts of Kindness Week. And so in uh, to uh, keep with the spirit of kindness, here is Glenn Campbell with Try a Little Kindness right here on River City 360.
10: Standing by the road With a heavy load From the seeds he sowed And if you see your sister Falling by the way Just stop and say "When well, You're going the wrong way well, You've got to try A little kindness Yes, show sure, a little kindness Just shine a light For everyone to see The narrow-minded streets Don't walk around the down and out Lend a helping hand Instead of doubt And the kindness that you show every day Will help someone along their way.
0: That was Glenn Campbell with Try a Little Kindness for National Kindness Week. Was that what it was, Robert?
1: Random Acts of Kindness Random
0: week. Acts of Kindness Week. Close enough. You are listening to River City 360. We've got time for one more song before we say goodbye today. And having and since Valentine's Day was yesterday, we're going to play a little onesie-twosie, I Love youzy. Kay Kaiser and his orchestra right here on RC 360.
11: Kiss some more Z, let's start counting higher Four Z, five Z, let's get Live Z, five Z, six Z Hug me quick Z, six Z this is heavenly. My heart's on a fire Keep the numbers Going till the song Is done, But we'll keep on growing And we'll have lots of fun Seven Z, eight Z You're my baby Z, eight Z Uzi, I love you. See. Let's start counting higher.
0: That's a wrap on this week's episode of River City 360. Thank you so much for tuning in today and a huge thank you for all of our guests for talking to us today.
1: If you'd like to hear more views and news from around Winnipeg, listen to any of our past episodes or subscribe to our podcast. Visit us online at rivercity360.org. Again, that's rivercity360.org. River City
0: 360, views and news from around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with CJNU 93.7 FM.
1: And we'd love to hear your feedback about the show. Please give us a call. Our number is 204-944-9474 extension 360. You can leave us a comment about the program. You can request a song that you'd like to hear or if there's a topic or a story that you think that we should cover, By all means, give us a call, let us know. Our listener line's open 24-7. Our phone number is 204-944-9474, extension 360.
0: Or you can hit us up on Twitter or Facebook by searching at RiverCity360 on Twitter and RiverCity360 on Facebook as well. I'm Nolan Bicknell, signing off for RiverCity360.
1: And I'm Robert Zirk. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a great day and a great weekend.